in order for people to actually be able and have a heart-to-heart conversation, they need to be able and have compassion for themselves and humanity. And if you can't, then red, no, pink flag. Your inner child, the first three years of your life, are very impactful and important for your relationship with your emotional body. I am trauma-informed, somatic-informed, and a mystic. For anybody who's new, my regular listeners already know who I am. And I am going to just let you in on that pink flag. That way you can just note it. And then if you want, go look into Patrick Tiahan. He's a great childhood trauma therapist and he's healed from childhood trauma. And he gives a lot of good signs that you can notice and take into consideration and seriously. Okay, so if you can't have compassion for humanity, then you don't know what love is yet. If you don't understand that humanity is not broken from inside your body and your brain, then you don't know humanity yet yourself. And while some people live their life in belief system land, some of us don't. So I'm pseudoscience lady and woo-woo lady because of respecting the academic community. I'm not a part of it anymore, but I have been a part of it. And our podcasts are educational for personal development and infinite higher human consciousness, potential experiences, but I only care to attract and be with people who actually care about becoming themselves, not the ones who like trending topics, which is also why I don't make it my mission to try and be a sales pitch in any way, shape, or form. Quite the contrary. I like to be direct. You know what to expect. You know what you're going to get, and there you go. And you know what I know? People who are children don't like direct. And the children are not children. They're the ones who want to blame life and humanity and use the word human suffering and they don't even know they're projecting and that's where they can again go and find Patrick Tihan or good therapy and not project to people that are like myself aspects that we usually just look the other way because it becomes very very obnoxious I was a teenager and began to be annoyed by people no I began to understand how to just leave it alone, the fact that if you call our own species broken, you must know that you're broken somehow because it's your mirror. You're reflecting that you think humans are broken. So you're speaking those words from your mouth, not mine. And the part about differentiated self, a securely attached person who has a whole three-year-old heart will know how to say, I agree to disagree right now. I am not trying to be an Aquarius and go against the current, although I love that sentence because, of course, I'm against the current apparently, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm asking you nicely to respect that I have a different opinion versus make up all of these sentences. Okay, so that's what we learn how to just stop talking because it gets boring after a while to try and say, no, this is who I am and you keep on interrupting me. No, this is how I'm feeling and you keep on interrupting me. No, I I already know who I am. So long story short, that's why. uh, Sorry, forgiveness. Yeah, no. (laughs) Those are not even. Oh, yeah. And I laugh because there's a lot of people that don't don't know how to do direct communication from the heart. They they don't know their heart. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm not laughing because it's sad. It's one of those laughs. I don't know which one it is. I need to figure out the nervous system when it's laughing like this. But it must be something to do with common sense kind of thing. Like, how do you not know that it's not normal that you, you know. So, anyways, I'm going to leave that one alone. Because I do know enough about trauma to know that people who don't have the ability to be self-compassionate or compassionate towards humanity have 
a lot of stuff going on that they don't know about. So on that note, though, direct communication is straightforward and it involves love and respect. So the securely attached person, and that's who I like to work with because they're serious about becoming themselves. They understand that our nature is love and they don't use some cop-out excuse of the devil or evil. And if they really looked into evil, they'd notice that all those people need a good therapist and a long journey of therapy. And that's about it. They'd stop with the stories in the mind's eye. That's what I love about being able to be a mystic. I got plenty of Claire's channeling, you name it. Oh, I love it. Here, I love you and more when I got my 4D mystic people going on and on about certain equations. So let me share that one. We'll make it a little bit of a food for thought. I did know that there was a difference between sirens and mermaids, but I didn't remember the actual difference in this one reader. I love him. He's, a, he's awesome. He's really awesome. So he was talking about the difference uh, in that one takes and one instead enriches or just gives. And I was thinking about this humanly speaking, and I was feeling sad for the siren because the siren like an energy vampire which doesn't exist these are words that people should reconsider from the 4d plane it's one thing if we're having a conversation it's another if you're making a specific person out to be something and you're using a label like that and of course we all use words i'm plenty of using words that say ah but you said that but you said that yes i know that's why i try to remember that we all say things but there's having conversations with grown-ups and then there's having people who want to just use their left mode brain the entire life of them. So anyways, back to our topic, the siren and the mermaid thing. I was thinking about human suffering and people who don't know how to self-regulate because when a person doesn't have the first 18 months of their life specific aspects around them, they won't. They will have a dysregulated nervous system and they will in fact have a dysfunctional pattern. They will not be securely attached in their body. Furthermore, they will not know how to tend to their inner well-being or outer well-being. Their compass will be off because they will be seeking to do unfinished business with other people. Now, if they get good therapy and they actually get serious about being their self, they will know about these topics, not in a way of diagnosing others or staying in a fixed diagnosis because good therapists at this point are sharing, you're not a fixed diagnosis. You have a way to heal. So the ones who need to find a sense of identity, they are using their diagnosis to say, ah, you need to treat me this way. They're projecting. They're not on a healing journey. Self-awareness means I'm aware of myself, then getting information. Okay, I have some knowledge. Okay, now I want to go and seek what I can do to support myself to not project. Or you become so aware of yourself projecting and you decide to disengage from it by substituting those reactivities with something else which is totally again possible but you need to have chosen to have love and compassion in the forefront and to actually disengage from those patterns because of love not because of shame not because of the guilt and it's because those emotions of shame and guilt equal self-loathing equal self-shame and so this is the equation of why when Patrick Tian mentions you know holistic reiki mindfulness meditation anything in the realm that is in between isn't going to necessarily work to help you get out of your childhood trauma i totally said yes patrick i agree with you and i can't believe that there are shamans and tarot readers and reiki practitioners and my entire holistic colleague community that keeps telling people 
not to go to therapy. Like literally, I'll help heal you. No, no, you don't. You don't heal a person because trauma memory is a charge, but there's also other stuff that the person needs to become aware of as a human being. So their relationship to their mother, to their father, or mother, mother, father, father, their relationship in an emotional, their, their discovery is about self-awareness with the emotions in mind. And on that note, so you can't have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with anyone unless their three-year-old is their friend. And that means that they unconditionally love themselves or they feel so safe to be themselves. But even here, uh, I actually have to say, um, I'm going to leave that one alone and just try to use some stories. Let me think. <laughs> about it um my friend we'll use my friend the one that i didn't talk to for five years yes so here my friend and i had a situation i'm not gonna give the whole story because my regular listeners already know about it but also my voice is getting scratchy so i think i'm going to keep this one short <clears throat> but my friend i didn't speak to them for five years and there was a reason they conducted themselves in a specific series of events, three, three moments. By the third or fourth time, I'm like, okay, that's it, I'm done. They treated me in a certain way, or I shouldn't use that word, but essentially they disregarded the fact that I was getting upset. And because they are a person who knows how to read me, and that we both knew, I knew they also knew that I was getting upset. And so they not only were doing something, but they were with the awareness of upsetting me emotionally, not, not mentally. They were upsetting me emotionally and not giving a shit about it. And this is where my friend, he has this trait. We tease about it. He's an asshole. He's a selfish asshole. And I'm not kidding. He acknowledged it. I'm his only friend besides another human being who he is now sharing his life with. And then he has one other friend who's not even a friend, if you hear the whole story, because, you know, a person who tells another friend that their friend is vomiting and in depression at home and has not invited them to come out, well, you're not really a friend because you should be home with your friend or doing something to try and get him out of the house. These two knew each other their entire lives. Like, these were, you know, buddies. And I'm thinking, what kind of a friend does that? If my friend was at home, I'd at least try to get them out or go to their home and, and do something. I would do anything I could before actually giving up, which was not the case here. The case here was, oh, he's at home. Well, why aren't you calling him? Oh, no reason. Lo and behold, I figured out why. Because once my friend came along, they looked like two buffoons, two roosters trying to hit on all the girls. And I saw them competing. And I was like, okay, now, now I understand why your friend didn't call you. That's really messed up. You know, I'm thinking, what the fuck? How old are you all? And at the same time, I knew my friend as a selfish dick. So I'm like, well, he's obviously has, you know, you get what you have kind of deal. Like, I can't expect him to have other friends. And I told him, I said, what's up with your friend? I'll call him P because he's, and what's up with P? How, how is this possible? How are you still friends? And well, you know, it is what it is. I'm an asshole too. So it's not a big deal. But the uh, funny part for my regular listeners this friend is going to be in my future life. Remember I've told you about me knowing my future life? So yeah, this dude, and he's actually, it's hilarious when I think about this. Okay, so he is, he is in the future a betrayer. 
which was hilarious when I figured out the energetic imprint of all these people that I still have in my mind's eye. And I was like, well, it makes a lot of sense because in this lifetime, the dude was an asshole in the first place. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, go figure. He, he's the one that betrayed us or betrayed his friend, which is my other friend. Okay, so long story short, um, this friend who is good at knowing how I'm feeling was in three different episodes, situations, uh, completely disregarding the fact of my emotional upset. So I chose at a certain point, I don't remember if I just declared it to him or I just told the girlfriend, I said, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm done. And that's it. And so I stopped talking to them. In fact, we spent, it was the 4th of July and my twin was there and I was not talking to him. I didn't say hi. I did not go near him. I did not create a scene. I simply, it was like a ghost. So I did not go near anything uh, the entire night. And my twin knows me well enough and anybody from my family knows to not even bother trying to convince me because they won't be successful. So nobody tried anything. They just accepted. And I did not uh, remember creating any type of too awkward of a situation because I was engaging with my girlfriend. My twin was engaging with him and we just, you know, got to hang out. But I didn't go near him at all. Time passes and he sends me a friend request and I do not uh, engage in it. I also don't deny it because, you know, if you cancel it or blah, there's no need. I, I took no action. I left it there. That way could just leave it there. And my friend, my girlfriend, who was his girlfriend at the time, she's like, you're acting like a little baby. You even accepted friend requests from people who talked behind your back. And I was like, wow, now that's awesome. Finding out that they all, you know, but I'm used to people gossiping because you know people gossip all the time so no 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 you know major breakthrough here people can do stuff like that we all talk so I'm not offended and the people that she was talking about I love those two girls and actually unfortunately one passed away which makes me very sad I wasn't able to say goodbye to her and I don't know how my other friend is doing and they were really close I don't even know what happened, but that was really sad. Very young. I mean, it's always sad, but sometimes they're older. Anyways, long story short, <laughs> fast forward to the future in the past. Um, five years go by and my friend reaches out to me. I had already started to have Claire's and I knew seven days prior to them reaching out to me. And this is not the first time. I don't know what's up with the seven days, but it's fascinating because I've had the seven days with at least a handful of people from my oversoul. And then there's also three days, sometimes four or five days. There's also when people are in your energy sphere. That one's really cool. Oh, and we have paid subscription-based model content. Anybody who needs some 5D mystic guidance. And you just send in your questions or if you want functional adults, love language guidance, relationships minus the drama, the emotional regulation, whatever it is we talk about. So just send in your questions and obviously subscribe. Let me know that you've become a subscriber and then I'll create the episode and that way you can have access to it. There's also some episodes already in the queue. So I assume that as a subscriber, you'll be opened up to all of the episodes. That's my assumption, but let me know. Okay, so back to the story. I knew something was up. I don't remember why. I just got a hunch. And then they wrote me and I did meet up with them. And uh, the first thing we talked about was where I said, 
this is how I'm going to dress, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And they apologized for being an asshole. They also made sentences that I said, what are you talking about? And that's what friends are for, because they, they said something like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, we're supposed to support each other. Just don't be an asshole and allow yourself to understand that for me, friendship means we tell each other the truth because my friend had lied to me. Well, yes. Technically, no, he didn't lie. Technically, he omitted, but technically, he also did things behind my back. And technically, he also, again, did a couple and more things that are just shady instead of coming to straight and say things. He was uh, indirect and, you know, it's... It's something that I personally have never understood. And that's because I don't know low self-esteem. I only know how to have healthy self-esteem. I'm not superior or inferior to you. And if you're my friend, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I might learn how not to be able to share with you because you don't want me to share because you don't know how to take care of my emotions in a way that allows me to know you care about how I'm feeling. And so that's not your job. So of course, this is why telling the truth, tending to my, there, no, nobody's in charge of my inner well-being. I'm in charge of it. And that's your nervous system and your attachment system is included. So for me, my friends, they're a bonus in life. I'm a bonus to them, hopefully. That's it. That's why I don't need to lie. And when I've met people who do do the spiteful, I don't do indirect communication. And I'm laughing because I have a story. You've heard of this story. So let me finish with this story. I was very happy that my friend reached out. He's the only friend I never spoke to because I I'm not that type of person. My love is forever. That's what love actually is because it's our nature. And it's when you're in your ventral vagal state, when you have healthy self-worth and a relationship with your inner child, meaning you're the three-year-old of you as an adult. People don't do wrong. I mean, if you're going to, if there's anything that we will not accept is that you're a physical threat. That's the one thing. Don't come at me with a knife. If I feel in any way, shape, or form physically threatened, I will disengage from behavior. I will disengage from you. I won't even tell you. You won't know. I will just be out. And it has happened to me where I have completely said, nope, 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 in my head and in my body, and that's it. And I don't involve the people in my decision-making process. The minute that I don't feel good with you because something's off, now, for people who have insecurities, this is different. And that's because insecurities are emotional. I'm not threatened by your emotional insecurities. I know that I will be dealing with projection. So I might be dealing with you becoming a person who does do revenge or spite or basically try to build a case against me to actually try and do something that can emotionally... This is where I won't be wasting my time, though, in that space. I just know that's the potential. So when it's about emotional stuff, this is where it's not a threat. This is a bullshit thing for a person who has a three-year-old whole heart. So those of us who are good with being people, we are not like, oh, my God, what'd you do? Of course, nobody likes any type of behavior like that. But like I was saying, as long as it's an emotional thing, it's something manageable beyond a shadow of a doubt and actually the the reality is 
we feel bad for people who do envy, jealousy, spite, and revenge. The wholehearted three-year-old. Because even though I didn't know about trauma-informed stuff, it was something that I was just like, wow, I feel so bad because of other aspects. And now I feel bad because of knowing it's actually horrible. People who do things like this, they have a void. They have like feelings in their body of self-loathing, of self-disgust. It's torture. Like there's a lot of torture. So if I need to put on a scale, my emotional sadness because somebody might be spiteful and mean and envy and whatever, I'll, I'll be okay. I'm happier, if you will. I am going to say I'll take one for the team. That's how I'm going to put it. That's how much I know from the trauma experts that this stuff of suffering is hurtful and horrible. So here's why in any relationship, now that I'm looking at it for a minute, uh, yeah, the whole sor- sorry forgiveness, um, that doesn't even mean anything. The reality is any person who would use those words that has conducted themselves in a way, I won't, it doesn't make a difference to me if you use those words because it means nothing. I'm going to only be able to see in time if maybe you're the real deal, but if, because the reality is once a person's shown their patterns, I mean, this is where if you've done and are doing personal development and you're consciously aware of your mannerisms and your projection and you take ownership, so there's a way a person's on a healing journey and it will be that they can talk about their trauma story and they will talk about it with their heart in their hands all over the plate. You know, like, like so when my friend came my way, he came my way because he was desperate. He was desperate and he needed a true friend and he knew true friendship. That's why, even though I was obviously his only friend, but he knew that I would not lead him in a way. I would, I would not hold things against him. This is because of even the way that the entire betrayal, quote unquote, went down. And so I'm going to leave it all alone because it's, it's a very recurring story for those who have three-year-old whole hearts. There's always two sides to coin. The higher toroidal field is that of those who navigate wholeness inside. So again, I will, with a scale, say I'll take the hit every day because I know that I, Maria, love my emotional plane. And as long as you represent no physical threat, whatever you throw at me, I'll be able to get up. And it's funny because people have presented to me scenarios and I'm like, well, you know what? If I'm that stupid to fall for something like that, then it's on me. I will be able to get up. So as long as you don't take my life, then I'm, I'm not going to be concerned with whatever it is you're doing. And, and this isn't in a way of indifference. It's in a way of actually, one, staying grounded in reality. Usually people present equations that are bullshit. These are all emotional planes for people who live in their survival mode. Like they're literally charged in this way that has never made sense. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're not in the middle ages. We're not in the fort. I'm not in there at least. I mean, I don't know where you live, but if you're talking to me, obviously you have a, a very good lifestyle. Why are you talking to me like this dramatic, drastic? So not knowing what it's like to do the, I don't have self-worth okay I know self-worth I know my inner child I know how to feel the depths of my emotional body I have no deal with it with vulnerability 
Okay, and on that note, moving to the other story. So this is where this person has an attachment wound, definitely does not know how to self-regulate when it comes to their preoccupied. So they go into, what was it called? The It's the zero one attached panicky, but it's in a way of suffering, complete suffering, complete out-of-body experiences. There's I've tried my best to guide them to get support. They don't want to go to get therapy they think they don't need it they think that it's others and it's people who suck and you know so this is where every person chooses so they're in their book they don't need to get good therapy because they underestimate the attachment system they've learned some things but they underestimate what I mean by that is that they have not understood the actuality of what they are dealing with from their body because if they had, they would understand why they don't have the ability to self-regulate. And they would understand what mechanisms they need in order to learn to self-regulate. I've been taught what methodologies can support this type of attachment wound. However, this is a friend. And I'm not their therapist, nor, nor am I a therapist in and of that self. But I'm saying, as a person, I've shared with them the information that can support them. They have done research of their own to look into themselves. And in none of these instances has this person, they've already done therapy. So they think I've done it and they have not, again, gotten the good information and taken it seriously. They're pointing a finger and saying, it's humanity that sucks. It's people that are the problem. Like when people are like, oh, I'm a martyr because I have Claire's and I can't save the entire world and I'm doomed to be full of people who are envious, jealous, and trying to make me suffer. I have no girls that I can trust because all the women are jealous. This is another story of other people. And so these individuals, they are projecting their wounds versus taking and self-regulating. They don't learn secure attachment, but they project upon their friends. And here's where they will project, you did not know how to handle me here, and that's why you're a bad friend. You don't know how to handle me here, and that's why I'm going to tell you you're a bad friend. <laughs> These are hilarious. They didn't use the word bad. They didn't have to, but okay, let me tell the story. And I do laugh. In this case, I laugh because I'm, I'm humored by people's, their idea that they're intellectually anything. Because see, I'm thinking, if you're going to use the word, the minute you don't know why you're doing what you're doing emotionally, I don't consider you an intellectual. This, one of the reasons that me, Maria... Uh, did not have any interest in expanding my circle is because I got plenty of people in my life that I get to love and walk with and be with. And, you know, as long as you're not securely attached or you're somehow already in this enlightenment soul age group and so emotionally mature, we get to deal with people's boring ass stories. Because see, to me, your human suffering in an emotional way is a boring ass story. I'm thinking of people who are starving to death while you're not even going to a good therapist and wanting to make it seem like I have a problem. You know, it's just like hilarious. It's hilarious. Not in a funny way for the suffering part. No way. No, no. In a funny way as these people get all pissy in their pants because some of us actually enjoy life. And they actually are pissing their pants that we're enjoying life. It's kind of like when that dude went to the Dalai Lama who was laughing. And this dude's like, well, how dare you laugh when there's 
people suffering. And I'm thinking, you know, if he had done that to me, I get it because I'm a day-to-day Joette, you know? <laughs> so you see me laughing. And actually, here, here's another story. This is a, this is a side note. Um, and it was funny because we were talking about a very important topic. This is an older gentleman. I was, I was having to be polite because they were a guest. So I was entertaining guests, you know, when you have to entertain guests. And so I was just having chit chat. And this person picked the side of the situation at hand. And I said, I won't pick a side. My side is humanity. I pick humanity. And they began to get agitated and charged their tone, their mannerisms. And at a certain point, I forget how it went, but I said, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? And I said, well, what are you doing? And really, what are we doing? Are we not getting ready to eat dinner? So I think that there's nothing you and I are doing besides having what is called a conversation. You pick the side that you're claiming are weaker. I'm picking the entire humanity because I don't believe in weaker or stronger. I believe in they need to cease and desist and it needs to get better all around. So you have your subjective opinion. I have my subjective opinion and we're sitting down and about to get ready to eat. So I think both of us really should not be complaining about shit right now or getting into some emotional arena because it sounds and seems pretty pointless, petty less, what, what, let's go give charity or something, go give money to, I don't know, do something. But what we're doing here is called socializing. So there's no need to add to a situation energetically or emotionally that really isn't doing anything for the people. We're not even able to help the people by using our fucking words. They're, they're nothing. <laughs> so I didn't use that. I was very polite because again, I was trying to disengage just you know we agree to disagree you pick a side i pick humanity side that's it you know that one is even more i'm I'm thinking of that other story now that one i will never forget that one wow when that happened so i'm gonna leave it alone let me go to the one where i got my friend who did this spiteful thing and uh it wasn't the first time so this friend who has what is preoccupied attachment they're getting better in time which is really great to see, but I'm not sure to what extent, although I feel that they're in an optimized place, which makes me happy. So hopefully, fingers crossed, because I don't ask, but hopefully they're feeling more vital, more life, and they have in their own time moved into being able to cherish the depth of their emotional realm and learn to slowly self-regulate. I think they have, but Again, since I'm not them, I won't speak for them. But in the instances where they were not yet as balanced as they are now, there was one of those peak ascension moments where this friend of mine, they wrote me this long, long ass letter. Now, this same friend, they had already in the past written me a couple times in ways of I think people who are stable and loving and happy have to help people that are not. And I was like, no, that's not how it works. And I hadn't been trauma-informed yet. Today I could say, no, that's not how it works because if you don't learn how to self-regulate, no person can help you to feel better in your body because your attachment system is longing for you to see your own three-year-old self and work with your charged spaces and states and not another person. So 
you are the one who can grow yourself up to see yourself, to soothe yourself, to secure, and then to, to safe and secure yourself in your body and to be able and harness the emotional body of yours. This is called self-regulation. So being able to handle the three-year-old that wants to be seen, to be soothed, and, and this is something that breathing helps you to interact and engage with your ventral vagal state then there's postures there's resourcing there there are things journaling okay so there's aspects that you do but if you learn about it humanly that's when you're going to understand what you're physically doing and so knowing that you're working with your embodied brain to me is very important because otherwise a person doesn't know what the fuck they're doing so that's why it won't be as empowering you won't be empowered if you don't know that you're getting to become a securely attached person. Okay, on that note, I have this long letter that I get where they're telling me that I'm not a good friend. This was after other situations where they had told me, you don't tell me anything about yourself. And I said, I don't have to tell you anything about myself. That's not what friendship is. I tell you what I want to tell you. You tell me what you want to tell me. That's it. Why, why are you making, why do I have to tell you about myself? Because that's what friends are for. Well, not for me. For me, friends don't tell each other what to tell each other. Friends means you do you and I do me. And it's called independent people. Don't tell me how to be a friend otherwise. So long story short, uh, the other part about people needing to help, I said, no, I, I disagree because everybody helps themselves. And then we come together and share life, two different things. And I know I mentioned the siren and the mermaid. And here's where if we wanted to use 4D, and the way they talk about people and when they're reading energy, my friend would be a siren. My friend would be an energy vampire. My friend would be a person that they would equate in a box of karmic or whatever, which is where I get always whenever people read people like that. I'm like, fuck you. You're mean. You're mean because you don't know what you're talking about. There's a person who has a attachment wound. So stop using words. Stop using stories. Stories are stories. A siren and mermaid is a story. You don't need to equate it to people. But when they're reading the energy, they're reading aspects that, of course, are going to be a part of the person's life. And so because a nervous system is how you rule your everyday and your embodied brain, you're going to be presenting a vibration because we're all a vibration. And the nervous systems are a vibration. And we're all an energetic imprint. And so when it comes to mystic plane, here's why as a 5D mystic, I can share different angles yes the siren thing i can understand where and how it's being applied and why it's applicable but no this is not nice to say or do because relationships are what can help a person to heal their trauma trauma is relational intimacy is the core yes the relationship with their self is the first intimate one they're supposed to rebuild if they're going to rejoice of their relationships but sometimes they're going to need, not sometimes, they're going to need safe spaces to be themselves in. So in the meantime, if a person doesn't do therapy and they choose to keep doing life the way they are, if they find those who are unconsciously loving and the Zen masters, here's my 5D mystics, functional adults in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group, they will not be handled with shame, blame, fault, or revenge when they come and project and do their bit. And they're not taking energy from us they're not sucking the life out of us because it's a bullshit statement <laughs> it's a bullshit statement because a securely attached person does not have a attachment system or a societal network that regulates our emotional body according to the people around us 
I know how to self-regulate my own nervous system in a room. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. I still know how to do it. And I actually am getting better and better. And I still don't like being in situations. If I start to get one of my little panic attacks, I don't like it. And I won't push myself to do more than I have to because it's uncomfortable to be with people who consistently don't understand that we don't choose these things and it has nothing to do with lifestyle or our brain, you know. So here, <laughs> if there's anything that happens when you are securely attached and your own person, it's fuck anyone who wants to keep telling me about myself. It doesn't matter who you are. So the more I can be not around people, especially those who don't actually get it, it's because of so any one of you who knows of panic attacks but likes to be social, because see, there's a difference. Some people don't want to be social. Some of us, we like to be social. We also don't like that people want to tell us why we're experiencing something because it's not their body and they are in a space and it gets recurring. So, I mean, for me, it's been I don't know how many years. That's why it's like one of those things that every now and then I get to have to deal with to hear people in my ear. And, and <laughs> I'm still sometimes processing the annoyance of it because they care. But, you know, again, and as I was saying, disengaging from being in social circumstances, it's because it's already uncomfortable for me to work with my nervous system in that scenario, it's also furthermore uncomfortable to have people around me continue to address it and think that there's a reason behind it, that they know more about it. You know, so it's annoying on twofold because it's, it's, you don't need people to be in their heads when you're going through something. And it's not fun to have people be judgmental because that's what you, you feel and know that they are in the presence of an opinion. So it doesn't help you to feel, feel, freely feel what is happening. You're, and you know, I learned from this lady about self-regulation, which is why, as I said, anybody who's a 5D knows how to self-regulate <laughs> because we won't get our three-year-old up and in a pissy pant. We won't be annoyed in the sense of let me now make a scene or become annoying or get rigid. We just allow ourselves to choose the right silence and Right now, I'm sharing with my community, basically, for example. But it's just uncomfortable to be uncomfortable and then to have people around you who think that it's all in your mind or that you're doing something specific that's causing it and da-da-da-da. Um, learning how to handle it, very easy and straightforward. Like I said, it's just uncomfortable because, yeah, fear isn't a comfortable feeling. Sad is way better than fear, that's for sure. But... Um, Spiteful people have no effect except for maybe will be either angry, somewhat annoyed, or heartbroken. Heartbroken is one, but that's only because of a specific way of feeling about um, it's it's the illusion that really is what it is. Yes. So when you think that a person cares about how you feel emotionally, but they don't. That's the illusion because you can sometimes think somebody cares about you emotionally. Then once you find out they don't, like I said, you either can get angry or heartbroken and sad, but you'll learn and figure it out. And you don't stereotype people because of it. So again, the word forgiveness, sorry, they don't mean anything once things have taken place in a repeat of patterns because we will have learned the pattern and we will know what to 
expect. And in fact, there's no sucking out of energy. There's us interacting with other people's nervous systems is what I was trying to get at. So even when we're in situations outside, it's always us and other nervous systems. But self-regulating is straightforward because we know how to breathe, stay in our presence. We have a window of welcome for our body and our brain. Okay. And on that note, so this friend, she's writing me this long ass letter because she's all upset about the fact that I hadn't written her. I don't remember what it was, but she ends the sentence, the, the whole thing, she ends it with, that's probably why this, this, this. So she brings into the mix a personal share. And here's the other note that my regular listeners will have remembered. Prior to this event, was probably a year prior to this or a year and a half. At a certain point, they told me, my friend, you know, sometimes I'm so much in suffering because I don't have a partner. I see all these happy couples and I don't have anyone and this and that. And she says, sometimes I get so spiteful and upset that I go and try to create misery. I really do. I go out of my way to make others upset. I've done it more than once and I forget all of it, but I said, well, now that you know it, you can actually disengage from it. That's, that's a good thing. No, it's too hard. Well, what do you mean it's too hard? You just decide to disengage from taking that type of action. And that's all. You, you choose to replace it with something different. You don't do it. Does it make you feel better, does it? No, you done feel guilty because you know you did something, so don't do it. Now, we didn't address this conversation anymore because, again, I'm a friend. I'm not going to go and ask and, and keep tabs on something like that. It's none of my business. It's their business. I gave them my suggestion. They gave me their answer, and that was where it was at. When they did write me that sentence, this is where I remembered that this person, when they're in misery, they misery wants company, but this is where I wasn't miserable about it. I actually laughed when I read the sentence because I was like, wow, that's hilarious. You're so upset and you're really trying very hard to do what? What is this? So I responded to the accusations or to the statements or to the sentences because she said it's not, <clears throat> she said, it's not uh, accusation. I'm just making an observation. I love when she says this. And it has gotten really better for her and I. We have a nice balance because we had our in and outs, if you will, of these types. And so we've, we've been able to learn about each other and to be able and be harmonious. I also believe she's gotten better with her self-regulation. But I also believe she's in a safe space with me. And that because of our moments of splinters, but they're not splinters to those of us who unconditioned love. They're just us people being people. The fuck you, fuck you. The difference, though, is that I know how to self-regulate. My friend doesn't. So when she come into situations, it was in a way of structural dissociation with the child parts, projection and anger and certainty and accusation. So full on, I am right and you're wrong and ah, you're the mean person because you're not tending to my emotional needs. You're not soothing me. You're not comforting me. You're not here when I want you to be here. Those are all adaptive children who have inner children that are not being tended to by the adult that owns that charge, all of it, all of it. And these are all between attachment wounds, trauma history, or just low self-esteem, okay? So we have a range of, of aspects. Long story short, my way of responding was not by 
saying, how spiteful of you, how dare you, what an asshole you are, da, 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 da. No, not even close. Like I said, I laughed when I got this, I got this letter. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't even. I was like, I've never had a boyfriend like this. And I, I, I don't because that's where, yeah, uh, no boyfriends here. Solo poly. I love being able to have found that word, man, I swear. But the last boyfriends I had, the serious ones, none of them ever, not even a million years did any of this. I have had all really great boyfriends. I have to say one of them, probably not as great as the others, but all of them very well uh, written and spoken. So I never have had a person write me like a long ass letter like this in an insulting way, might I add. Okay, so I don't have people that, yeah, I don't know. The closest it comes to having a letter, it's email. But email is a whole different thing, okay, than when you are in chat. And uh, I've written long letters in chat, so I've done it. <laughs> but I've done, like, poetry and things of sharing vulnerability. So I have done, wait a minute, I did do, now that I'm remembering, I did do some that I'm like, ah, what's going on, da, 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 you know, and I got totally, totally ignored. But then we, we, in fact, there's a whole other story. I love this one. But we'd come back together and I'd always get reassured and chatted to. So this was a fun one. I learned exactly how to communicate even more effectively. In fact, I love this person to death. I've always thanked them. <laughs> They've made me a better emotionally communicator. And on that note, I've also let them know when they've disregarded my emotions and made them out to be nothing. Like, and that's not cool, dude. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I will not put up with that. So they, they know my sides, all of them, and when it's okay and when it's not okay. So don't diminish how I'm feeling that you have things you want to say, good for you, but that you deny how I'm feeling or make it like it's not important, that's not going to work out because it's just not uh, something that friends do to each other, okay? The ones who are going to be in each other's lives. So with my friend, my girlfriend, I didn't diminish her feelings. That's not something any person who is an emotional being will do. So when you have a whole three-year-old heart, but I made statements and responded and I said, okay, so here's the deal. My friends and I don't keep tabs on how many times we talk. I have very freely lived relationships. Uh, the part about silence, I already know why silence is here. There's no need for you to spell it out. It's because I'm a person who's busy. I forget, you know, and then I said something else. And I said, and on that note, I think we're incompatible. Because what you're demanding of me and how you've presented all of this makes me realize that we have a different way of how we see friendship. <laughs> because I can't do what, you're, what you've requested is not something I can physically do. And long story short, though, this is an old story. So we went through a couple more things and we have now a balance. And never did we say we're sorry to each other please forgive me. <laughs> no, no, no. My friend and I, we have had our debates. We have had our ways of chit-chatting. And anytime they got spiteful or in this energy, and even when to this day it has taken place, that area where they rejoice, quote-unquote. See, they don't consciously rejoice. The body of the person does not know secure attachment. It knows preoccupied, anxious attachment, which is a very scary and frightening feeling. And your self becomes invisible. 
and it feels that it's not there and nobody can see it. And this is the zero one-year-old. So see, when somebody wants to compare people to sirens or mermaids and you're making out a human being who most likely has trauma out to be something and then getting people to think that they have to cut people out, this is a 4D mystics. It's, that's heartbreaking. My friend's a beautiful person. They might always have this streak to them. And it's not something beautiful, no, to know that there's this streak, but there's something called unconsciousness. And if they don't learn to self-regulate by being aware of it because they've chosen not to go to get therapy, that doesn't mean that in their conscious brain they're thinking, I want my friend to suffer. Now, even if they were, let's hypothetically say this is a case. That doesn't make a difference in the life of a person who's securely attached because I know how to work with my nervous system. So even if I'm going through something that is emotionally upsetting, which this friend, again, it was something that was upsetting, it's still upsetting. And so whenever they make a statement, like I keep sharing, a part of me is like, hmm, I think they're actually getting a kick out of this, you know, but then I'm like, no, leave it alone. Because if it's a pattern, it's a pattern. It's not going to go away. And at the end of the day, it doesn't make a difference in my life what my friend or any person for that matter is thinking. That in the energy sphere, we can pick each other up does not affect the reality of life. So I can know from a trauma-informed and somatic-informed based approach, I feel bad for my friend and I feel bad for all people who think that they can be thinking of something and they allow themselves the stories, devil, evil, demons, they don't have any of that. Self-loathing and shame and guilt is the most horrible feeling and you know the thing that is even more horrible is they could get good therapy and on a journey or with their own commitment, they could learn to self-regulate. They could learn to be out of that from their human being body. So if there's anything intellectually, I will say that I feel bad for people. The part that is sad, of course, it's sad to think that there are those who will do stuff. You know, a smart person though knows exactly how to embrace differences and to make the best of perspectives as well as how to work with communication so you better bet that while others who are not in the sphere of enlightenment so age group or infinite higher human consciousness potential experiences don't know how to maintain love and respectful tones as well as know how to move and tangle those of us who love our three-year-olds know how to tangle when we get sad it's just because of those little moments where we think, wow, that's really shitty. Somebody that I love would want me or wants me or is actually happy that I'm afraid or miserable or whatever, that I'm having a hard time. Huh. Oh, well, okay, I can keep moving forward. Of course, it's sad. There's, that's it. You know, an emotion last, I think it was somebody was saying in Ayurveda or yoga, 60 seconds. That's why you don't ruminate. It comes, it's out, it's gone. So we don't have trauma, those of us who are 5D mystics in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group, because we have our three-year-old inner child happily with ourselves as a grown-up. We will feel sad, we will feel all the emotions, but they are processed straightforwardly. We know what we're uncomfortable with, we know all of it. So yeah, again, when it comes to heart-to-heart -heart direct communication, we'll know when it's happening. We'll also know when it's not. And again, love is not about sorry or forgiveness. 
it's only about us being able to be direct communicators ourselves from our heart because we hold our heart body our value body our energy physical and mental body who's us the aligned purusha prakriti with or without yoga with or without spirituality with or without any belief system it's a secure attached person securely attached self-regulating person who has the ability to integrate their brain or the brain is integrated we're in our restorative embodied self central vagal nervous system state we know how to self-soothe we know how to self be aware and we know how to say things as they are and the right silence we don't filter our mouths though and we know how to handle projection when people would want us to filter our mouths because they decided that we need to do something the way they want it to be done and we will not have and we'll also learn about how to handle again spite and be jealousy or any of that so as long as there's nothing remotely physically threatening we're not going to be in our survival fight flight nervous system mode we're not going to be biologically rude our triggers come out only with our immediate first family so like for me my mother and my twin my younger sister too but my mother and my twin get the three-year-old but i've gotten way better so to them i say i'm sorry for example and they say you're forgiven maria we unconditionally love you and then to other people it's conversations when it's direct it's nice and when it's not it's still nice because heart to heart it's from this heart to that heart and they can do whatever they want though with their heart right as the Rumi quote goes we don't love with our eyes because loving with the eyes means you say goodbye we love with our heart and soul we don't know separation and a 5d mystic will love their entire oversoul it's a playground we know how to work with the mysteries of life we know how to work with curveballs and we do know how to create space from those who do not have it in them to want to enjoy life so yeah we don't actually hang around the ones who don't know how to talk about humanity in a way that expands consciousness because life is too short to be around people who don't know how to move into a space that will help the future so we like to use our 24 hours in ways that will leave something behind that can help all people and love is one of them so laying a solid foundation of unconditional love because we learn from the past and we're at home in our body and we know that magic works through ourselves and that's where a whole person is at so when you're three year old is whole you're going to be able to have a lot of different conversations with people know how to say you're sorry for those who you know are around you and don't actually accept that you sing your song and you do this and that and that you do know how to take your own times out and have the big picture in mind and just organize your day and you know how to say to people i will always love you no matter what you do and mean it like when my friend got to come around i was very happy like i said that he did and i learned from him how i would not disengage from loved ones and so that's where even my girlfriend i'm happy she came back around because she at a certain point is like you're not compatible with me and then she came back around after her dad passed away and her mom had already passed away so this is where friendship and true connections you cannot fuck a connection up a true connection cannot be fucked up by you sharing with each other how you feel how you think that's where this is a saying i read from some place but that's a truth so true connections stand the test of time because that's what true connection means but also being grown-ups and knowing we have different thoughts and feelings 
different social, political, economical, religious belief systems, different ways of handling ourselves. And not everybody knows how to be in a securely attached body. It's not their fault. Not everybody will want to go and get their therapy. So there's the ability to learn how to use a ventral vagal. No, to still be direct. I have always been direct with people and to be able and share with them what it is that you would want and, you know, to get that conversation going. Sweet spots are always found for those who want to expand together. And then there's recalibration for those who are on different wavelengths, but that still want to be together. Those are secure connections. And that's the solo, fully secure life. And just a life of a people, of a person who unconsciously loves. You expand your oversoul, not diminish it. So looking forward to hearing from you all. Have a wonderful day.